We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Ah, yes, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another installment of the VM NBA show. I'm your host, Nick the Lamb, and today I'm flying solo. If he couldn't make it due to a work event, and Tim is, if you follow him on Instagram at Tim Patrop, you saw that men's warehouse let him down. Once again, the men's warehouse is not kind to Tim, so he's at the parking lot right now as he's texting me saying, Yo, this has been a disaster. He can't get his suit. So, have no fear. I, uh, I had to hit the phone, and I had to get my guy, a guy who, you know, Rick, we still haven't linked up in person. I still owe you a lot of beers, but it's you've, weird. you've done well by me, my friend, and I owe you a lot of uh, beers, like I said, but without further ado, my guy, Rick Rosen, joining us, Rick from Boom Fantasy DFS. Did Hold I say on, that right? Animation. Yeah, Boom DFS. We're they're act, we're actually transitioning because so they're gonna drop the Boom Fantasy, mm-hmm. and in the future, because that we think it's a little restrictive, it's gonna be our original company name, which is Boom Shakalaka. That's our official company name. Okay. How do you feel on that first take? Be honest. Be one hundred percent transparent. Uh, honestly, Shakalaka. I don't know. I might have to fix that a little bit. I kind of like to just you know it would be dope. Boom. Yeah, but you can't copyright that because it's a huge, it's a noise. Yeah. You can't copyright and, that. And you know what else? Uh, uh, as you know, Rick and everyone listening, I'm a very, very big wrestling fan. And uh, currently my guy in NXT is Adam Cole. And he does this thing where he points to himself and he goes, boom. And the, oh, whole, crowd, the whole crowd yells, boom. And it's That's a great move. so, so dope. But enough about <laughs> wrestling. A dope move. 
Yeah. <laughs> Enough about wrestling. Uh, Rick is joining us today to talk a little bit about the NBA. Uh, we text often about sports and whatnot, and he's very knowledgeable on all sports, including the NBA. So Rick is filling in as our sixth man. Uh, as you and guys, I'd like to think I'd have Impy's blessing. Like I'd like to think he's cool with it. Impy he's is cool with it. Before. Yeah, he was like, "Yo, Rick is my guy. Get him on there, no problem." Yeah. So, uh, all right, let's start off as we usually do. VM shoot around. This is where we get a question from an audience member. All right, all right. Today was exclusively open to the patrons. If you want to be a VM patron, it's Patreon.com/slash/VeteransMinimum. I already am. You have access to. I appreciate that. You have access to the Discord service, and Sean, I'm going to butcher your last name. I apologize. Sean, Manier, 17. Nailed it. If you were starting a team today, which two players would you pick? Rick, would you like to lead this one off? First of all, I love the 17 at the end. That's how I, that was always my emails when I was growing up, always uh, Rick Rosen, 17, so props uh, Sean, but I actually have a couple answers. I have two answers here. One is, do I want to win basketball games? And one is, do I want to sell a lot of jerseys and have a lot of fun? Okay, so what do you want first? Uh, I think it's all about winning, man. Because I, like I do think I do think that winning brings jersey sales and attendance and all that fun stuff. Yeah, I guess one hand feeds the other, but I, you know. I like to go nutty. I only get one chance to have two players to start a franchise. They're not going to give me a do-over on this. So I got to get this right from a financial perspective, too. If I want to win basketball games, if I want to put the best basketball team out there, I want, funny enough, a very plausible scenario. I think I want Kevin Durant and Anthony Davis. Wow. Okay. How do you feel about that? I 100% agree with you on Kevin Durant. At the moment, I think he's playing his best basketball ever. Well, not at the moment because he's yeah, out with a string calf. Up until then, he was he really took the mantle as the best player in the world. Yeah, he had it for four days. <laughs> yeah, and then the calf gave out. Probably too much wear and tear on the body from carrying that mantle. What do you think? A little bit. Well, and then Curry was like, oh, you're cool? Oh, I'll take mine now. <laughs> yeah. So Anthony Davis, look, I think a lot of people tend to forget that this dude is only 26 years old. He's been in the league for so long. And people forget that, you know, he's been in the league for seven years. A lot of injury concerns mm -hmm. when he is healthy. And, you know, MP and I actually spent a lot of time on this a couple episodes ago where, dude, tell me not. If we were having this conversation this time last year, would a trade package involving Anthony Davis be a no brainer for any team getting Anthony Davis? That's what I'm saying. And he probably could have played later on this year. Like, come on, Anthony Davis is deserves your respect as at the absolute veterans minimum a top 10 player in this league yeah yeah i mean uh, i'm not gonna argue with that you know it's it's just funny how i always talk about this it, there's a huge recency bias with all of us just like as a society mm -hmm. twitter social media and whatnot it's all now 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 what what have you done yeah. for me lately yeah dude this time last year anthony davis took the pelicans they swept the blazers who were the higher seed and, you know, they took a game from the Warriors as well. And he was literally playing like the best player in the world. Boogie went Not down that, also. It's it's a bizarro situation of what we're seeing with Kawhi right now. We're going to end the season feeling the same way about Kawhi. We felt about Anthony Davis last year. And Kawhi sat all of last season. Like, it's a bizarro scenario where we're literally at the other end of the pendulum on the other guy. 
Anthony Davis is an elite player. With my two guys, I just want to go thought process real quick. I just wanted to guard all five positions and shoot from anywhere. That's all I wanted. Okay, so I like that. So I took the two best guys, and Kawhi was my third. Okay, so you're you're building a team more so versatility than actual, like, this guy's going to play the one, this guy's going to play the five. They're playing pretty much everywhere if they want to. Yeah, I think positionless basketball is the future of the NBA, and it's what makes the Warriors so fun. Okay, so I agree with you with Kevin Durant, right? So yeah. that, that that's Madden. a layup. That's a layup on that one. Uh huh. So I yeah. kind of feel like we need to take Giannis. Okay. Yeah. And the reason why also is this dude's only twenty three, right? So I think that that has to be factored in there too. Now this question is to start a franchise. So in my mind, I'm thinking you know I'm going to give both these guys a max contract, and I I'm locking down the two best players in the open market for the foreseeable future. You know, Giannis is starting to take three pointers too, which I think is really changing the dynamic of that team. Yeah. And his, I mean, he needs to, he needs to. Yeah. And you know what? Unlike Ben Simmons, dude, you know, Ben Simmons doesn't take any threes. Yeah. Giannis, at least, you know, he's not shooting 50% from three. He's shooting like 25%, but just the fact that he has the balls to pull the trigger. Yeah. It changes how people guard him. And I, little, I think a, just a smidge of that is social media pressure. I think Ben Simmons knows that every time he shoots from beyond 20 feet, the magnifying glass is on him. And I think that that's kind of built up as a stigma. And, you know, we've seen there's nothing better than a Twitter video. Hey, Ben Simmons is getting up shots before, before the game, and he's just clunk, clunk, clunk off a whole rack of threes. Like, he's trying but it needs extensive time. And the good news is him and Giannis both have that time. So if you are starting a team, they are really good choices. Yeah, for sure. Don't you think it's funny? Like, what do what do basketball players work on? Like, isn't your whole job, like, to shoot? Like, Crazy. How, how can you be so bad at shooting when that's your thing? Crazy. And I, I read this thing when it comes to basketball about, uh, and it applies to a lot of life, too, about focused repetitions. Like, if you go to the, to the court and you play five-on-five five every day, for a week, for an hour, you will get better at the end of the week, but you won't get markedly better as if you looked at your game and said, wow, I really need to work on my offhand dribble and and my layups and spend, instead of an hour playing full court, you did half an hour of dribble drills and half an hour of layup drills. Like mm-hmm. focusing down on what you really need to do does show market improvement. The problem is these guys, like Ben Simmons spent all summer playing Fortnite. Like we know that. He showed us that. Come on, dog. I love to fort. Come yeah. on. Put it on stream or go shoot threes. <laughs> yeah. And also, you know, um, I've been on record saying that I'd probably sell my stock on athletes that date the Kardashians, but that's for a whole nother topic and conversation. Part of me says Ben Simmons is from Australia and he doesn't know any better. Whereas you and I grew up here. You know what I mean? Mm. I don't know how big the guy can't speak for Kardashian influence in Australia. I'm guessing it's not zero, but I think you and I would know better than he's. Think about Ben Simmons from the lens of a foreign exchange student. Gets a little different. All right. That's a fair point. I never thought about that. But Embiid uh, went after Rihanna. That's how you know he's the best He's the best exchange student of the bunch. Yeah. Embiid's okay, probably... Kardashian. I know the real prize. <laughs> One of the more elite social media followers. Uh, <laughs> all right. Shout out once again to Sean. If you guys want to tune in every Wednesday, usually in the afternoon, Eastern time zone, I send out a tweet. 4 p.m. shoot around. You can get your question on here. All right, Rick, let's pivot over to the Western Conference Finals. Um, initial reactions to the sweep, just like off the top. Did you expect the sweep, especially with no Durant? Because I didn't. 
No, because my, my initial reaction, you're saying at the end of game four? At the at the end of game four, could you believe that it was actually a sweep? No, if my first reaction was, wow, the Blazers really led by 17 in the last three games. Yeah. Yeah. Just jumped out at you because that obliterates the argument that the Blazers were gassed because nothing was a blowout. Right? Not that they ever forced the issue in the fourth quarter. We could all feel the wave, which is insane to me that we, a team can be down 17 and we just know they're going to come back and win. It's bonkers. But the Blazers really gave their best punch and I, it just will never be enough. Yeah, dude, isn't it wild? All my years watching basketball, I've never I've never seen a team be comfortable being down 17, 18, 20 even. It's as if that's what triggers them to get going. Wild. They really do have a switch and it's better than anything we've ever seen in basketball. They break it and they break it with passing and defense. There are shots that you don't think will go in and they do go in and there are a great shooting team. But make no mistake, like that team has legendary ball movement. Yeah, their ball movement is is, is you know it's like those San Antonio Spurs teams, and it's funny because Steve, uh, Steve Kerr was a member of the Spurs, so he grew up with, in the Popovich system, and it's very it's very similar, except that they're way more talented guard play over there. And no slight to Ginobili and Tony Parker in their prime, but when you're looking at it from a shooting perspective, it's not even comparable. The one thing with the Warriors that's crazy to me, man, is. Have you seen just like all their years, their third quarters is absolute domination. On average, in the Western Conference playoffs during the Kerr the Kerr and Curry era of the Golden State Warriors. So this is from this is actually from their first title year, 2015 until now. They're outscoring opponents in the Western Conference. This is Western Conference opponents only. By thirteen point eight points per third quarter. That's gross. So they must be... That's also coaching too, dude. That's what I was going to say. Is that, to me at least, it, This I know this is an NBA show, but that reeks of Belichick influence. And you know Kerr has at least sought after the guru at one point or another. Bill Belichick values the third quarter more than any coach in the league. And the Patriots are the best third quarter team over the last 10 years. I believe they outscore opponents by two point between 2.1 and 2.4 points per game in the third quarter, which in the NFL is a lot compared to the NBA. So that notion that you have to come out of the gate and be the aggressor is, is immeasurable because it's counterintuitive. Teams are slow getting out of the gate and the Warriors, one thing you, always give them credit is the energy is high Mm -hmm. sometimes there's sloppy passes there's weird decision making but the energy is always high and man it's so fun to root for this team i know i'm not supposed to root for this team but when there's no durant i find them so much easier to root for i don't know about you yeah so did you at any time in your life watch wrestling yeah man i got dude i get down we haven't done this but i do get down all right so you're familiar with the term baby face and heel Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. All right. So for you guys that might not be familiar, right? A baby face in the wrestling world means uh, it's a fan favorite. It's the underdog. They're they're popular with the crowd, right? The crowd loves them. They cheer for them every time we come out. The heel on the other side is the bad guy. He's the villain. He gets booed. Anytime he says anything on the mic, they, they're, they're not happy to see him, right? Yo, the Golden State Warriors are the ultimate WWE wrestler. They are amazing. They are amazing the way they can turn the way the way they do. Think about this, right? They come out 2014, 2015, right? 
and they're the baby face. Everyone loves them. We've never seen this style of basketball. They're shooting threes. No free agent acquisitions. No free agents, right? Andre Iguodala, but tail end of Andre Iguodala. Curry through the draft. Draymond through the draft. Thompson through the draft. You're building your roster in-house. The fans love it. It's it's a style of basketball we've never seen before. Curry's pulling from 45 feet. Clay is going 7 of 10 from 3, right? Baby faces. Everyone loves them. Then comes the heel turn. Kevin Durant comes into town. Everyone hates him. How the hell can you get Kevin Durant? You just won 73 games. It took a miracle shot by Kyrie Irving to win and steal the NBA title from you. You go out and you get Kevin Durant, and you're the villain. And then all of a sudden, Durant pulls his calf, leaves, <laughs> leaves the game with the war, uh, against the Rockets, and then all of a sudden it's like, oh, my God, these are the Warriors we fell in love with. And now they're the underdog Warriors in a sense where some people were actually picking the Blazers against them. And yeah, it's like, dude, you know, they were a seven and a half point underdog against the Rockets. And it's like, oh, my God, this is this is this is WWE in, in real life sports. Everything is wrestling. The funny part about that is it really is determined by who's running the show because there's no better face in the NBA than Steph Curry. He's just got the face of the good guy, you know, and then you got Kevin Durant scowling, being bitter with the media don't talk to me about where I'm going. Everyone says he's leaving, carries the drama, whines on Twitter. He's the ready-made heel. Like It's just set up so perfectly for them. And even when um, uh, Durant was out, even in previous series, that you had Draymond as this kind of micro heel, mm-hmm. and you had this whole, this whole microcosm of wrestling just within the Warriors themselves because they have so many elements to them. Dude fascinating and a great connection and i know what you're saying with this pendulum swing on durant whereas you know we forgot how good the 2015 warriors the doubt that crept in yeah it was immeasurable like we forgot about looney mckinney livingston all putting up numbers i'm a queen cook fan like those are the guys that i personally like to root for when i watch the warriors i don't like steph shimmying but i like mckinney coming out of nowhere with a sweet 13 and 5 the bench sure loves that you know that's the warriors team that i like great ball movement and great bench play yeah Ippy Ippy had texted me when the line came out to game six against the rockets and i know we're going back a little bit but he's like dude aren't the they're like 31 and four without the rent yeah you know, so it was fun to see those Warriors come back. All right, let's shift gears a little bit. Let's talk about Portland, right? Mm-hmm. Is this? I see a lot of people giving heat to Damian Lillard. Terry Terry uh, yeah. Stotts got renewed. You know, they they re-upped his contract. They extended him. Dude, I think that's a this is a home run season for for the Blazers, man. No doubt. Western Conference Finals, guys. Let's not forget. Let's not get crazy. This Warriors team is is on pace to have one of the greatest five year stretches in NBA history. Yeah. But the one year they didn't win the title literally came down to a buzzer beater shot basically by Kyrie Irving, and they won 73 games. Against the greatest player of our generation. Yeah. So it's like, dude, the, you just ran into a buzzsaw. You can't, you can't be upset if you're the Blazers. Everyone's gotten got by the Warriors. So how do you, how do you think Portland, uh, the organization, should feel about the 2019 season and even the fan base? Well, as a Blazers fan, you just got to be hype about getting there. You went seven, you know, twice. You had the Dame buzzer beater. It was just a magical season as far as Portland's concerned. Everything positive that happens after Nurkic goes down is a big old W. Mm-hmm. Like, you, you don't expect to do anything after that. You've been the underdog consistently throughout the playoffs. 
uh, win game seven on the road off the back of a huge CJ McCollum game. Shout outs to Jennifer. But when we oh, look yeah, at the right. Blazers roster, you put Nurkic back on it. You put Rodney Hood healthy back on it. I'm not sure I'd want to add anything significant to change this team, which is problematic because as it stands, it's nowhere near good enough to beat the Warriors. And that's got to be frustrating. But it's going to hinge on Kevin. If Kevin Durant leaves, I think it is a little bit more plausible that a healthy Blazers team could at least push this series. I'm telling you, man, up double digits in the second half of three straight games, the Blazers are going to look at this and feel the way the Rockets did going to seven last year. They, as not close as we may think they are, they believe they are very close. Yeah, do you, you know who I would love to see on the Blazers? But he's just a head case. But I think this is exactly the kind of player that they need. They need a Jimmy Butler on their team. Ooh. I didn't Jimmy know you were going to say that big. I thought you were going to say like a Deion Waiters. That's a head case that can shoot. Nah, yeah, but I feel like they have that in Rodney Hood. That's what I'm saying. He gets healthy and they have that extra wing weapon. But you're right. A Jimmy Butler, for me, there's not enough. There's already not enough touches for Lillard and McCollum. Adding Jimmy Butler is so problematic. But you're yeah. right. He's a huge asset for them on both ends of the floor. But he'd make everybody a tier better. Yeah, that's the kind of player that I'm looking at that I would want to add if I was them. But you're right. They also get back Nurkic, who Nurkic have points this year. Uh Everyone that listens to the show knows this. Damian Lillard is my favorite player in the league. I actually have a league pass because of Damian Lillard. So That's I, awesome. found, I, I found myself watching a lot of Blazers games. And there were parts this year, man, where I would text my, my friends in the group chat. I'd be like, yo, is Nurkic the second best player on this team? And he was having that kind of season with them. So I'm curious to see how it's going to look for them going into next year. Shout out to the Blazers. You have nothing to be ashamed of. Uh, maybe you could beat yourself up saying how, like Rick mentioned, you're talking about three straight second halves. You had a 15-plus point lead in each of them. But also, Rick, you know, this style of basketball, this era of basketball, if your threes drop, man, double-digit leads get evaporated in a, in a blink of an eye. Well, that's the thing. If, even if you're down 18, the Warriors can say that's six buckets. Yeah. What? That's Basically. nothing. It's 12 minutes. We can get that in two minutes. The way the Warriors can pop off is an un- it's it literally breaks basketball. No massive lead is safe. That's the cool thing about the playoffs, though, is we can slow it down to this half court game. But the Warriors passing and the way they move Curry off the ball and the way you can double team Curry and then Clay's gonna beat you and then Jarebko puts a, a three in and you just throw your hands up. There's nothing you can do when Jarebko's hitting threes. What am I supposed to do with that? I get two of the best shooters in the league and then the Randos are outside draining threes and 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 you know waving their fingers in my face i can't deal the blazers only have so many weapons and the warriors you're looking at the warriors and it's an embarrassment of riches it's so much less fair everyone has played pickup basketball in like a rec league where you identify all right those two guys are the guys we don't want to shoot you're like yo anytime that guy's wide open let him shoot that's the shot we want you hear that all the time and if you're the blazers but that's what the raptors are doing yeah but it, but if you're the blazers you're saying yo jarepko you're taking that shot thank god it's you taking it thank god you know i know you're a qu- uh, cook guy but who would you rather have an open three clay or cook you know well, exactly. it just so, just so happened that these guys are, are are making those shots all right and don't tell me it didn't work and don't tell me they got gassed because they were up double digits for large stretches if you took the total minutes elapsed to this series i bet you they were up double digits for a full game like, they were up. They're going to regret where they were in this series. But great job by Terry Stotts. Deserves to come back. Let's keep moving. 
Shifting to the Eastern Conference Finals, it is tied at two apiece. No team has lost at home yet. You've defended home court, and now it's a best of three series. Game five is going to be, I believe, it is on Thursday. Yes, Thursday night in Milwaukee. Game five, 2-2 apiece, like we said. The winner of game fives in NBA history. The team that wins game five in a best of seven series when it's tied 2-2 wins 84 percent of those series oh wow uh the blazers though fun fact last last series they were down three two and they won the series so that's right that's one of the sides where math nerds <laughs> goes the other way <laughs> um okay so how do you how do you feel about the first four games that you've seen let's kind of let's kind of do a recap of the 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 first four is there anything that jumps out to you from those first four games yeah eric bledsoe Oh my god, I'm so happy you mentioned him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I need guard play. If guard play, if the Western Conference series is defined by good guard play, the Eastern Conference Finals will be determined by bad guard play. And as much as I have to dirt on Eric Bledsoe for shooting uh 30% in one game and less than every other game in the series, I have to give credit to Kyle Lowry because I spend so much time dunking on Kyle Lowry that I have to give him credit when he strings a couple of good games together. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, don't worry. I've been I've been put on notice anytime Lowry has a good game. Oh no. Yeah, they're like, "Yo, where you at? How come you're not talking now?" And I'm like, "Dude, he's he, literally everyone that watches the NBA says that he's a completely different player in the playoffs." I have a, I have a 4-year sample size of him in the playoffs. He's not I don't care and and guess what? Guess what? Rick they're all Raptors fans that tell me this. Oh too. no! So, unbelievable! How many burner accounts can Drake have? And it's and it's unbelievable because if you're a Raptors fan and you've watched this, you can't disagree with me, dude. This guy is in the regular season. He's been an All Star many times, right? Yeah. He's been he's been part of, one year. He's been part of the core of this Raptors team over the last five years. But it's like, dude, he's averaging close to twenty points a game in the regular season, and in the playoffs, yeah. it's like thirteen. Right, he drops that thirty-point game. I believe it was game one, and he shot like seven of nine from three. And then the next game, you had eleven. You know, not a peep mm-hmm. from you guys, but that's just how it is. And I understand that. But going back to Bledsoe, right? You're right. It's the guard play. Um, you know, even even Brogdon too, dude. Two of eleven from the field, zero for three from from three. You're looking at the the backcourt between Brogdon and Bledsoe. As I look at the box scores, you're looking at four of eighteen from the field. It's not. It's not going to cut it. And I give a little bit of credit to Brogdon, A, because he's coming back from an injury, a foot injury, so he really is part of playing more than he should be. And B, I think he's a plus defender, which Bledsoe is not the same kind of defender. So he's working harder at the other end, which obviously affects your offensive rhythm. But for Bledsoe, there's really no excuse, man. You have to be a dynamic weapon in this series or your team is toast. Like, their team is expecting more of you. And we can't, the Bucs can't play another game like they did in Game 5 where there's only three players scoring in double figures. They have to use their bench. They have to kick the ball around. And they have to make their shots. I mean, that was Toronto's problem. What was it, game one, where just Gasol just couldn't, they just missed a ton of shots down the stretch. This series could easily be 3-1. Yeah. Yeah, and yo, you want to talk about something, the, the bench for the Raptors. I don't know if it's a thing where, you know, bench players and role players tend to play better at home. You know, you get the crowd behind yeah. you, but you're looking at, a combined 48 points from Powell, Ibaka, and Van Vliet. Well, you're you're a league pass guy. Did you ever see this this year from Norman Powell? No, Norman Powell, man, as someone that also plays Daily Fantasy, anytime he'd get inserted into like the starting lineup, this guy would go like trigger happy 
and he'd have like 12 field goals from the field he was a very like he'll have one really good game out of like 17 and then you got to talk yourself into not starting him at like 3700 yeah yeah exactly so (laughs) he's he's one of those you know the the most important player i think on their bench is easily van vliet absolutely because because of lowry but also because guard play yeah, the guard play. He runs their second unit. And even last year, you know, one of the things that we were talking about uh, on the show with the guys was that he got hurt towards the tail end of the regular mm-hmm. season and he missed a lot of time in the playoffs. So when he came back, similar to Brogdon now, and it's funny that these two teams are playing each other yeah. because literally the Bucks are in the position that the Raptors were in last year. Brogdon's come come back off injury. Look, he's had yeah. a couple of good games, but he's still not the... The thing with Brogdon, you could pencil him in for 13-5 and five throughout the regular season. That was just the numbers that... When I, when I see him in my head, like when I think of Matthew Stafford, I think 5,000 yards throwing. Like that's just, yeah. it's just a number that pops in my head, right? 262 so, and one. Yeah. And then with, with, with Brogdon, I just think like 13 and five. I don't even know what his regular season numbers are, but that's just a number yeah. that pops in my head. So that's the thing, the guard play. I have, I have a, I, w- I want to pose this question to you, this thought more so than anything. These teams these teams in the NBA, when it comes to the playoffs, you end up seeing the same team for about a week, week and a half, sometimes mm-hmm. two weeks. Yeah. Is it bad to be so one ball centric as an offense? Cause you're looking at two teams here where the usage rate for both Giannis with the bucks and Kawhi with the Raptors is close to 38%. And to put that in perspective, you know, Allen Iverson and Russell Westbrook in the triple double year are the only two guys to surpass 40% usage rate. Yeah. in NBA history. So these guys are close to that. How do you, how do you feel about offenses being so one one focal point centric? I think if you go through five through four games of the series it's working for one team and it's not working for the other. Mm-hmm. I think that when you have an offense that hinges so heavily upon one person, the coach's role is elevated in how we get that person open looks and how we stop the other team's person, right? Nick Nurse found out really quickly that they can just sag on all the shooters right yeah let chris middleton get his and collapse on Giannis in the paint and that's having a very positive effect on where's Giannis's 50 point game that he dropped in the regular season like yeah. where are these offensive explosions from angry bully Giannis? that's the kind of stuff that i want to see because Kawhi leonard is doing everything that i've wanted to see in the regular season he, he's made some plays and then immediately gone to limping where it literally doesn't make sense He's like, is he hurt or is he just superhuman? Because the one cut that he made late last night with the left-hand dunk right in Giannis's face, like that's superhuman best player in the league type stuff. You're not supposed to be able to do that. And a team that knows who the best player is isn't supposed to allow that. You know, the other thing with that is Kawhi Leonard, when he's guarded Giannis, has really caused a lot of fits for him. He caused this for everybody. Yeah, that's true too, yeah. And he's a monster in passing lanes. And the thing, the thing, the thing is, is that you're right. These these one dimensional teams, when they have that one guy, it you go as they go. And I think one of the reasons why you see these teams in the regular season and have so much success is because you know in in ten days you play five different teams, so you can't yeah. prepare. Yeah, you know, when you step on the court and you see Giannis, and like you're not going to see him again for like another three months, it's hard to game plan for that guy. Yeah, on a Sunday morning. Yeah. The Sunday noon start. You know, it's it, it, it's 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 three games in four days, and here comes Giannis, six eleven, just taking three steps from half court, and he's already dunking on you. Not even, For you real. know. So 
I do think it's something to monitor, and that's why I think you see some of the same teams always being so successful. And I think for a four-game sample size is perfect. And even so, to a lesser degree, like you look at if we go back a little bit to the Western Conference Finals, it seemed like after Game Two, the the Warriors had that backcourt figured out. Yeah, you know, the adjustments and, have been huge. And I want to see what what the Bucks are going to do, and even and even the Raptors. Look, both of these teams have played completely different outside of their arena. So yeah, where Let's all right. Let's let's talk about Game Five now and beyond, right? Where do you see what's what's your biggest uh, what's like your biggest factor going into Game Five and the rest of the series? It's Budenholzer and making adjustments. This is a guy. Correct me if I'm wrong. That cut his teeth in the NBA on spreading the ball out, driving, kick, getting open threes. Right. That's who he was in Atlanta. That's what he came to Milwaukee to do. That's why they went out. That's why they got George Hill. That's why they went out and got uh, Miritich in the middle of the season. Like those players, that's why they got Brooke Lopez from the Mm -hmm. Lakers. That plays directly into what Mike Budenholzer wants to do. And if the shots don't drop, it's not necessarily his fault, right? Like Giannis has to distribute and and, and Bledsoe's got to get going. And those all will set up the outside shooters. And the shots just have to drop, man. If the shots don't drop, they're going to go home because – the Raptors have a much better inside-outside game. Mm. Like The Raptors have a better all-around offensive passing attack movement. They also don't have to... The Raptors don't have to deal with Kawhi Leonard jumping their passing lanes, right? So it's, you get Kawhi Leonard on offense and you get Kawhi Leonard on defense, and he affects both scenarios so heavily. His hands are so big, Nick. Yeah. Hands are so big. Yeah, he's he's a beast, man, Kawhi Leonard. And, you know, I really like the comparison you made before about Anthony Davis and him. It's, it's funny how, you know, we forgot the kind of player he was. And even this year, you know, they, I like what they did. Like the way they managed his minutes, it's really shown now in the playoffs. Cause they're just unleashing this dude. Like seriously, it's bonkers. How yeah. much he's and, and you have to look perfect. at this point. Like we're, we're, we're kind of sounding a little delusional saying that, you know, you have to unleash him. It's, you know, it's winner take all now at this point, but he's hurt. Like he's clearly hobbled. Yeah. He's hobbled. That's going to be something to monitor going forward because, you know, if you can't get Kawhi, uh, I don't know if you could – you need Kawhi to have a 25-plus point game for you to have a chance to win, I think. And, look, they won They won with him having 19, but you also got 48 points from your bench. Now, exactly. if you guys want to trust Powell on the road in a game five, by all means, go. I'll live with those tweets, Rick. I'll live with those Seriously. tweets. Seriously, and Pascal hasn't been doing much either. It's kind of crazy the, the contribution they've gotten from Pascal – relative to their success in the playoffs because he kind of disappeared i just think that's just a young guy who it, it might be too much for him at this point you know? okay but you see young guys step up all the time like we were anointing jason tatum this time last year yeah yeah anointing. yeah but the, i think the, the only difference between the two of them is that tatum didn't really have a Kawhi on his team I think Pascal gets in the post and it's literally either Giannis and Brogdon. He's just like, well, what am I supposed to do? Neither of these dudes. I I can't get by either of these dudes. I just think he's in a bad spot. I think the individual matchups, especially with Giannis and Kawhi and who they're guarding and how they get loose, that is the series. Because there's special talents on both ends in that it's not like Steph Curry gets loose. He's a little guy. He can only do so much. Kawhi and Giannis are big physical dudes that also jump passing lanes and yam in transition like they're they're freaks okay he's a greek freak kawhi is an all-american freak yeah question do you think you know your concerns for the bucks are the same as mine it's guard play it's too it's too much of a roller coaster yo why not just put Giannis at 
to, to run the guard. That's so funny because that's what Bill Simmons was saying with Priscilla the other day. He said, why not just go big? You, what you're doing isn't working. Just say F it and go big. Because I said the same thing after they lost game one against the Celtics. I texted Impy and I was like, yo, you know what they should do? They should put Giannis at center. Sure. Right? He's so versatile. Yeah. yeah. And go and go small like that and just surround them with all the shooters. And then they just won four straight against the Celtics. And I think I would do something like that. That's why That's why before when you were talking about Anthony Davis and Durant, I was like your first two. I feel that. But I also think like Giannis is in that discussion too because that's a guy who literally dominated the whole Boston series when they moved him to center. And then yeah. I think they could do that now with, with that backcourt just being so like, dude, Eric Bledsoe, man, he's, the, he's another guy. So... Let me just ask you're gonna you go, this. You're going to go George Hill, Bledsoe, Brogdon, Middleton, Giannis. Yeah, just go small. Okay. And I'm not saying that's not. I'm just saying, like, Toronto still matches up really well. Like, that's what I have issue with. Like, Toronto has really good players at both ends. Yes. The only way you're really going to win is at center. Like, you're right. Sure. So, you know what you could do then? Why not throw, like, Meritich out? I mean, even Brooke. Brooke Lopez also stretches the floor, too. Because I'm thinking about trying to get Gasol out of the paint and Ibaka and have Giannis at the top of the key make his move and then just drive and everyone get the hell out of the way. Brooke Lopez used all his makes up in game one. Oh, man. Too much. Scored too much too early. Spread those things out, man. That Brooke Brooke game. He's like a good artist. Put all his hits on the first album. Spread (laughs) those things out, man. You're trying trying to last out here. Uh, what would you, what's your prediction for the rest of the series? Who do you got going through? I really like the home teams. So I'm going to say bucks and seven and the Raptors will be kicking themselves because the thing that got them this far sitting Kawhi is probably what also cost them the number one seed in the East, right? Ooh. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. Two game difference between the two. Yeah. You're right. Bingo bango. Right. So that's, that's a tough pill to swallow. Also, can I honestly say something? How come Drake hasn't been kicked out of an NBA game? Rubbing the coach's shoulders. Tell me your thoughts on that, please. Okay. So I'll be honest with you. It was a big talking point in our group chat today. I literally okay. saw nothing wrong with it. Oh my god! And I'll tell you why. And oh you my know, god, you're the worst. I need uh, you know full disclosure. I'm also a big Drake fan. A fan touched a coach. I Just get that. that. Just say it out loud and think about it. Okay, a fan touched a coach, but it's also Drake, who's the number one artist in the world. It's not. It's not it's Bob. Curry. It's not Bob from the Union, Rick. This is this is Drake. Oh, who man. has literally made, I think, in pop culture, has made the Raptors relevant in the United States. As That's good so as they've hard. been, he's he's made them. When you think when you think the Raptors, Drake you is one of the top three. Outdoor fans. Oh, sorry. You're right. You're right. <laughs> I only think of swooping shots of outdoor fans. Like, why? just go home. You have probably have a big TV. Go home, your family. Yeah, I mean, I, I just think it was a talking point for shows to just spend, like, three segments on. But here's the other thing, Nick. If you're the coach, say, get the fuck away from me. Sorry, I don't know. Can we curse on this shit? Oh, yeah. Go nuts. I'm coaching. Like I'm, co- like, I'm working here. Like, I don't come to you in the studio. You sing a chorus, and I rub your back. Like, I'm <laughs> at my job. And to I'm be fair, does it, don't we see Spike Lee do this all the time? Granted, he's I, not. He does not touch anybody. Sure. But he's no, like he sits it, in the corner, and that's a big problem with Drake's seats. Now that we're rolling on Drake, he sits in the middle, and that's intentional by the Raptors, and of course by Drake. But it's also not cool. He should sit in the corner. Nicholson sits in the corner. Spike sits in the corner. Know your place, man. 
Yeah, but Drake and is... Drake ruined that shot. You know that famous picture of like LeBron guarding Kobe in the All Star game, and it's marred by Drake in a varsity jacket standing up in frame. Never forgive you for that. Yeah, but yo, you know what? At the end of the day, Drake is also lit, dog. Drake has taken more away from basketball than he's given, and that's that. He's wow. taken more from the game than he's given. Wow, Rick coming yeah. in with the hammer. Yeah. Someone had this great tweet. It was a writer that I really like. And she was like, there's been no more confirmation that like money and popularity don't confer to coolness as much as Drake. (laughs) It's just like, you can have all the money. You could be super popular. That doesn't necessarily make you cool because Drake will still find a way to be corny. That's a fair point. Listen, I love Drake too. I love Drake too. But touching the coach, like it's a whole other level, man. It, it look. It was it was excessive. I feel you. If it's any other fan, they're storming the 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 court and escorting the guy out. Probably banned for the rest of his life. Okay, but think about this, right? It's Game Four of the NBA Finals in Toronto. Golden State's up three nothing. Toronto busts out to a fifteen point lead. Golden State storms back. Now they're up twelve. Steph Curry hits a twenty seven footer. In Drake's face to go up 15, he turns and shimmies right in Drake's mug. Drake's going to shove him, right? Drake's going to act on it, right? Yeah, you know, that's a, uh, wow, that's a scenario. That's, that is firmly in play because nobody will rub buckets in Drake's face more than Steph Curry. And that might make me the biggest on-court Curry fan I've ever seen because I despise him on the court up to this point. I love his shots. I hate the shimmy. I hate the mouthpiece chucking. I hate how he doesn't manage his own fouls and then complains about it. But man, if he ate a punch from Drake and got Drake banned from <laughs> NBA games forever, that's anoint that's anointing, right? There. I will you say you bring up to see it. You bring up a great point about uh, Steph Curry. Shady gets into a lot of foul trouble with like the dumbest fouls. And the players protect him for it. They say, oh, Steph gets called because he's a little dude. Steph never gets called. Steph always gets... Dude, get out of trouble. You're a shooter. Get out of dodge. Stop playing so physical. Manage your own fouls. Like, nobody is putting yourself in that position but you. I also want to point out the uh, Steph Steph Curry is a little guy. He's also 6'3". <laughs> I know. I, the same, I, I mean, I grew up loving Jason Kidd as like, the most absurd little guy comment. I like Jason Kidd's tall. Right? No, nah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's just funny. It's like, <laughs> yo, he's, he's 6'3". He just looks like he's 12. That's why he's <laughs> it's a little absurd. guy. It's absurd. Have you seen the Facebook show with him yet? No, I haven't. No, I'm not going to watch it. I know it's <laughs> a lot of file footage, though, which is probably going to make me hate him even more. Great. He was hitting three. He's doing things as a child that I still can't do on a basketball court. Sick. Sick. Oh, man. Oh, man. Something about, yo, something about, uh, you know, our, our buddy Tim was on the show. And I guess we could we could end with this talking point here. How do you feel about athletes growing up with professional athlete fathers, right? I think like you look across the landscape of sports, a lot of guys who grow up, you know, you I wouldn't say they're getting trained at a young age at the professional level, but just the exposure and being able to handle yourself in front of the media and whatnot. Like you look at Pat Mahomes, Donovan Mitchell. Steph Curry, dude. I think a lot. Clay Thompson too. I think a lot of their success has to do with that too. You're around that culture. You're around that environment, and you know he was probably probably at a young age. They were showing him how to shoot. I think that helps. You know, it's different having partial shooting with his dad. Like it's yeah, 
Yeah, so I think that's always been pretty cool. I think that that is part of it, and the composure and being around it helps you maintain your fame and excellence. But as far as becoming elite as a, a child of an elite athlete, it's twofold. One, it's familial stability, right? Mm-hmm. There's, you don't come from a, a, you don't want for much. You know what I mean? But two, you have off the bat a very good indication of what it takes to get to the next level, not even necessarily the financial means to do so and get the extra training, but you know what the workload is like. And I think the best case of this is JJ Watt making the league. And then his little brother subsequently making the league because he showed them the, like, listen, you think you have to work hard to make pro football? No, you have to work hard to be in college football. Mm. You have to work insanely hard to be an NFL player. And they've talked about that. They said, JJ showed us the way. But you also get uh, the dedication and the the militaristic uh, commitment, right? The consistent wake up early, you know, do what you got to do, put your head down, love the work, not the results. That is through and through in uh there's there's athletes there's military and there's uh like service like jj zwat's dad's a firefighter Mm -hmm. so it's like that that's ours that's commitment to service that's like that humble knowing what goes into the process that i think always benefits those children yeah it definitely doesn't hurt them and it's why my won't go pro yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, maybe he'll make some good lineups in DFS. That's what I'm hoping for. And, and yeah. transitions into podcast. And he'll tell some jokes, and I'm okay with that. Uh, Rick, man, it was a pleasure. Thank you for hopping on. You were uh, my my old reliable bottom of the ninth bases loaded down three runs. I wanted you at the plate, so thank you for coming through. Oh, real quick, if you had a if you had to have somebody bottom of the ninth pinch hit for you, who would you pick? Oh, are you talking like real baseball? Yeah. Um, I'm gonna go with Trout, man. Best player You're in baseball. So I'm not even gonna answer anymore. You ruined it. Uh, what would you it's pick? Up until this point, were you gonna tell me someone <laughs> crazy on like the Cincinnati Reds? I don't know about. I was thinking about Puig. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, that'd be the most lit at bat. That much I do know. <laughs> most lick at bat. Lit, lit. He licks his bat. No, he licks his bat. You ever seen it? Oh no, I haven't. Oh yeah, so he fouls a fastball off. And when you foul off a fastball over 95 miles per hour, that your bat can get up to like 150 to 200 degrees from the friction. So he licks the, his hot bat. Wow. Yeah, you don't watch enough Reds baseball, my guy. Yeah, I can't say I do. Though I do. You know what's funny, man? I have them in a uh, runs pool. You ever heard of those? Yeah, it's over. Yeah, I but like I had the Reds. I was like, oh, Mariners broke it. Yeah, unbelievable. The Reds actually scored fourteen in like the first two weeks. It was hilarious. I was hyped. Yeah, it was, I was crazy. Hyped. It was crazy. Oh my god! For the record, I have watched a lot of Dodgers. Just so your fans know, I work for MLB Replay, so I've seen an ungodly amount of baseball. I'll give you. I'll give you all my favorite starting. I'll give you the best eyes in baseball starting nine. I've seen that much baseball. Well, this is a perfect segue because I was just about to do the plugs. Where can they find you? What's some of the stuff you're working at? To plug oh, away, the floor is yours. Well, I'm on Twitter at the Rick Rosen. If you want to tell me I was good or bad, and I will accept that. And you can also ask me questions about fantasy football, Game of Thrones, cooking, uh, true crime. I don't really care. I'm here for you. I'm an open book. I'm your resource, much like uh, the Lamb Show out here. As far as professionally, I'm going to need you to download Boom Fantasy. That's uh, one of the preeminent DFS apps. Turn $4 into a million dollars any night. And download NBC Predictor, powered by Boom Fantasy. Those are free 
golf and NASCAR was Premier League, but it'll be golf and NASCAR free contests, win a ton of money with very little involvement, courtesy of your boys at Boom Fantasy. There you have it, guys. Make sure you guys get in touch with Rick. Tell him, say hello, say you're from VM, show him some love. And as far as I go, you can find me at The Lamb Show on all social media outlets. At Veterans Minimum is the handle for the show. And make sure you guys go and rate review the podcast we haven't said that in a long time it goes a long way to building the brand let's get back on those apple itunes charts and we'll catch you guys next week everyone is talking about magnesium it's all you hear about but why what do we know about magnesium well magnesium is the number one mineral that 75 percent of americans are deficient in if you are a woman over 35 magnesium will help you rediscover balance energy and vitality Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.